It's Father's Day. And we can thank God for the fathers in our lives. And we can thank God for their love, which they express differently than mothers. And we can even thank God for when they are honest about the fact that they fall short. And yet still seek to point us in the right direction. Father's Day sermons are typically a challenge because, you know, men love challenges, right? There's an unspoken rule. That is, you love and honor the mothers on Mother's Day, right? And then you beat up on the fathers on Father's Day. Oh, you've heard some of those sermons. Well, I've got a few and I might bring them, but I'm not bringing one today. Today, I want to do things just a little bit different. I, I want to give a challenge for all of us. And a challenge, and you've already seen the title. It's in your bulletin there, right? A challenge to become an encourager. I want you to think for just a moment. I would bet that each one of you, somewhere in your life, you can think of someone a specific person who believed in you when you weren't really sure you believed in yourself. Have you got a face? Have you got a name? I want you to write that on your note sheet there. Just find a spot. You can write it off to the side, but write down that name. Maybe it was somebody a little older, a little wiser, a little more experienced, somebody that that looked into your situation and then pulled you aside and was willing to say, you can do this. I believe in you. I'll tell you one of those people in my life, there have been many. His name is Clark Kreger. He grew up being Buddy Kreger, and um, he was preacher at the Lilburn Christian Church for 28 years, and he's still around there, still affecting lives. He was the preacher there when I came to the point of realizing that I needed to move out of the business world and answer the call that God had put on my life many years before and to go into full-time ministry. This Sunday when I told him about it, it was Buddy and Dwayne Wilds, who's the music guy there, who I've been playing music with since I was in high school and Dwayne was in college, and loved the time that we had there at, at Lilburn to play together. And I told him, I said, look, I'm quitting my job because I believe that God is calling me into full-time ministry, and I am going to seminary And I just want you guys to know this is happening so you can pray for me. And Buddy Kreger said something I'll never forget. He said, God won't put you to it without seeing you through it. God won't put you to it without seeing you through it. And then right there and then, He committed the church to support my efforts to go to Emmanuel through their scholarship fund. And to be honest with you, I could not go without it. 
And what they gave me was substantial, more than they were giving to those that were going into college to do that, that basic undergrad degree. I had a wife and three kids. And they made it possible. Knowing that that congregation who sees me as a Timothy out of their congregation was behind me during those years, helped me to get through it. And Buddy Kreger was one of the ones that not only did it at that time, but every time he has seen me since, he offers encouragement. And I am thankful for that. But here's the thing, my saintly siblings, you have the ability to be that encourager to someone. I firmly believe that every Christian should be, can be, encouraging others. And as they do that, do you know what you're doing? You are preaching Christ Jesus in your life. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The early church lived in fear of Saul, the persecutor. News had spread of how Stephen was stoned and how Saul approved, standing by while the rocks were being hurled, watching the coats of those who were slinging the stones. Saul, they knew, had orders to go to Damascus and to round up the Jesus followers and to do to them, God only knew what might happen. And now, Saul's using a different tactic. He's trying to infiltrate their ranks. He, he is claiming of all things, to be a Christ follower. Would you trust a man like that? Many were talking about Saul in judging his motives without ever talking to Saul. And that's where I want to turn to right here in Acts 9. But Barnabas, but Barnabas took him, took Saul, and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, that Damascus Road story. And that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. As you see, Barnabas, Barnabas was willing to meet Saul where he was and to help take him where he needed to be. If we look at Barnabas and his example and we try to become the encourager that he was, I think we can accept people where they are 
It may be difficult with some, but you have to start with where they are in order to move them where they need to be, yes? Willing to listen, willing to see the good in them, willing to be the first to reach out, willing to recognize that you, my friend, stand in need of the same grace as that other person who was still a diamond in the rough. Ask yourself, how good am I at doing that? How am I at accepting people where they are? Where can I improve? Persecution breaks out all over Jerusalem and the disciples scatter. And some of them uh, went up to Antioch. And as they went, they were successfully spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. And that's over in Acts 11. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And what did they do? They sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and their, with all of their hearts. He, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, you should see the implication of that statement. What Luke is implying is through Barnabas' encouragement, through him telling people, you can do this, you can be someone different, you can have the grace that comes through, from God through the cross of Jesus Christ. Barnabas' Barnabas' encouragement created kingdom growth. Let's keep reading. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Barnabas knew Saul's training. Barnabas knew that Saul had the privilege of learning about these Old Testament scriptures, that old Hebrew Bible, at the feet of the great Gamaliel. Do you understand that him being a student, a disciple of Gamaliel, was equal to him going to whatever Ivy League school you want to point out that's the greatest in the world. He had the best education available at that time. Barnabas also knew Saul's ability to teach and his knowledge of the Jewish law and his experience with the risen Lord. And instead of trying to do everything in Antioch by himself, Barnabas sought out Saul who expanded and enhanced the work. 
we can learn something else from Barnabas right here. We can champion someone else's talents. We don't have to do everything ourselves. In fact, in team, we can do more together. In fact, the body of Christ, if it is functioning correctly, all of us are trying to use the gifts, the talents, the knowledge, the courage we have to expand the kingdom. And do you realize that if we did that, even just as this congregation, everybody working within their natural talents, their understanding, their experience, their Holy Spirit giftedness, we can explode the gospel even right here in this community? That's the way it's supposed to be. We can champion each other's talents. Think about it. Where would Penn be without Teller? Where would Simon be without Garfunkel? Where would Hall be without Oates? Laurel without Hardy? Lewis without Clark? You notice I'm hitting all the generations? You see, every great duel throughout history has had, a, has had a front guy. But they've also had somebody who was championing them, who was encouraging them. And my sibling, if you're not the upfront man or the upfront woman, you can still be encouraging someone who is. And in that, we can be content in our role. We see Barnabas moving into the background while Saul, who, who becomes known Paul, as he moves into the foreground. And Barnabas is content with that. He is, he is humble with this role reversal. Yet we see hints that Barnabas was still very much an active part of partnership with Paul. There was this time over in Lystra, over in Asia Minor, while Paul was speaking, he looked over at a crippled man and recognizing this man's growing faith, Paul said, stand up on your feet. And the man did. He jumped up and was walking. This is over in Acts 14. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Now, I've got to ask you, who is Zeus? Do you know? Yeah, he's the head of the Greek pantheon, right? In other words, they're saying Barnabas was the big guy. Paul was just the messenger. Now, you read through the lines there. How much was Barnabas there and encouraging and being on the sideline and bringing people to faith for them to say, hey, he's the big guy. 
But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes. You said it's an act of grief, right? A visible sign of grief. They tore their clothes and they rushed out in the crowd shouting, Men, why are you doing this? We too are only men, human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all the nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown his kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. Now, I have to ask you, when you hear this speech going on, in your mind's eye, who's the one giving this gospel message? I bet most of you are thinking Paul did this. Yet, Luke says, Barnabas and Paul are giving this message. Barnabas knew that life was not about him. That life is about God. He knew that God has sent the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, into the world. He knew of the miraculous things that he had done. He knew that he carried our sin to the cross and that he died. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And he knew That breaking death's grip on the soul of man that Jesus gave us the hope of heaven while we can escape the depths of hell. Yet I bet that Barnabas wouldn't care a whit if you think that Paul did all of the talking. All he would care about is that the gospel was preached. That souls were saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? It's not about us. It's about God. We can champion someone else. We can always be an encourager. By putting others first, Barnabas had a massive impact on the gospel. Maybe you remember a young man named John. Oh, he goes by another name. He goes by the name Mark as well. John Mark. Mark had gone with Barnabas and Saul on their first missionary journey into Asia Minor. And after a short period, he left and returned home to Jerusalem. Now, there's evidence that he may have gotten sick, okay? But he left and went back. The next time we hear of Barnabas' cousin, John Mark, is after the Jerusalem council uh, where they met to talk about whether or not 
the Gentiles were really acceptable to God. It's in Acts 10, Acts 11, right? Paul says, hey, let's go back and check out the congregations that we planted in Asia Minor. Let's see how we can go in and encourage them. Barnabas agrees and he wants to take Mark along on this next journey. And Paul flat out refuses. Now, we do not know the words that were exchanged. But we know that Paul put his foot down and said, no, not happening. In fact, so sharp was the dispute that, well, let's read it, Acts 15. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took John Mark and sailed to Cyprus, that little island. But Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Now think about this. Barnabas is a missionary in his own right. Mark is his protege. Mark is going along to be his encourager while Barnabas is teaching Mark how to do mission work, right? Like he did with Paul, Barnabas is going to actively disciple Mark. It would be accurate to say that Barnabas' desire to invest in his young cousin and to bring him up in the Lord actually created a doubling of their effort as Barnabas goes one way and Paul goes the other and they are both effective in increasing the people of God. So one other thing we can learn from uh, from Barnabas is that we can disciple somebody else. We can come alongside. Now, discipling is such a church word, isn't it? I mean, you really don't hear that outside of here. Sometimes it's hard to realize when we're doing it because it sounds like something so formal. But that's the furthest thing from your mind, or it should be, because discipling is really not a formal process. Do you know what discipling is? It's encouraging others in their faith walk. Discipling is getting a cup of coffee with a friend and trying to help them work out some issue in their life. Discipling is intentionally forming a friendship with someone new in the faith or new in town or just new to you that you've never met before. Discipling is helping someone understand scripture when they're having trouble grasping a concept. Discipling is caring enough to stop and to listen to someone else. When it really comes down to it, Discipling comes down to refusing to do life alone. Because if you're in the Word and the Word is in you, then the Word's got to come out of you. So as you are going through life, what was it Jesus said? As you are going, go and make disciples. 
Yes. Just refusing to do life alone. Alexander Campbell, one of the fathers of our movement, uh, said in effect, this is the Eric Evans unapologetic breakdown, paraphrase of Alexander Campbell. That Campbell actually said in effect, you can't influence others that you don't rub shoulders with. Now, in his day and time, that meant he would challenge people or he would get challenged to a debate. But you know what that meant? They not only talked on stage, they talked off stage. Not only that, other people came to hear what was going on. Remember, Campbell never said that we were the only Christians. In fact, that wasn't part of our movement. We are not the only Christians. We just seek to be Christians only, right? But recognizing that there are others and our family is actually bigger sometimes than we think it is. But you can't influence people that you don't rub shoulders with. Barnabas wanted to rub shoulders with Mark like he did with Paul to encourage him in his faith, to invest in that young man because he saw kingdom potential in Mark. How much potential? Well, most scholars believe that Mark wrote the first gospel account, the first biography of Jesus. Probably based on the preaching of Peter, but Mark wrote it down. And Matthew and Luke borrowed heavily from the stories that Mark wrote and added details to it and and some clarity and defined it. Let me ask you a question. Who is it that you know that has kingdom potential? Who do you know has kingdom potential? Have you got a face in mind? Have you got a name? Maybe two or three, but at least one? Write their name down, right under that other name you wrote down. Write that person's name down on your note sheet. And ask yourself, what can you do today to encourage them? Now, if you've done this, You had to have two names written there on your note sheet, right? The person who encouraged you and someone you should encourage in the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. Pray for both of them. Pray that the one who encouraged you is still encouraging others. And pray for the one that you are seeking to be a blessing to who you know needs encouraging. Stop for just a moment here. I want you to reach in your bulletin and pull out that communication card. If you haven't done it already, I want you to take the opportunity to to write your name and your email down there. If that's all you want to give us, that's fine. 
Um, if you're a first-time guest, if you want to give us a little bit more information, take your card. There's a table out there that has a red tablecloth on it. There are some gifts out there for you. There's a coffee cup if you want it. There's a, a little pocket New Testament, very, very easy to read, translation. And uh, there's a book there by J. Warner Wallace, which um, takes a look at whether or not Christ can be proved outside of the Bible, looking at historical data from the standpoint of a homicide detective who will teach you how they really do a nobody homicide where they try to figure out what happened when somebody apparently is dead but they can't find a body. It's a very interesting read. Pick those up for you, with, with you if you would. Let me take a second. I'm going to, with you guys, I'm going to write my name down here. On the back, some important things. Um, you may notice on your bulletin note, there's a say that says, memorize and align and read and align. I've heard people say, they've actually said, you know, I, I want to read some of that stuff, but, you know, I get home and you've got my communication card and I just don't remember what it was. And I, could you please print it in the bulletin? And I'm like, no. You know why? A little secret. You know, if you actually put pen to paper and you write down, memorize, you write the actual verse down, read, you write the actual verses down, you know what you just did? You just psychologically committed to do that. And that's what I want you to do. But you'll notice there's a spot there where you can write those down on your sheet. I still want you to mark it. I still want you to encourage me by telling me you're going to do it. And don't do it just to encourage me because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be lying to the preacher, right? Okay. Um, also underneath there, the sign up next Sunday, Jeff Green from IDES should be here. Uh, one of our missionaries that are in our, uh, budget and, uh, missionary, uh, missions budget. He's going to be here next Sunday, by the way, we will have a combined adult, uh, Sunday school, but we've got a potluck going on. So the Sunday school is going to meet in here next week. Uh, as preparations are being made for the potluck in the other room. Uh, if you plan on being here, please mark it. This is your last time to let the ladies who are trying to prepare things to have an idea of the number of people coming. And so please be sure that you mark that if you would. Uh, also, just on the right side, um, if we can help you in some way, some information you'd like to know, you'd like to know what it is to become a Christ follower, you, you want to learn more about baptized, baptism and, and, and get that set up, please mark that. The, the cards will get to me and either myself or somebody else will, will contact you. But please um, let us know. Uh, if there's something else you want to know about, there's also a place there. If you've got a prayer concern or a question, you can write it down in the space there. Uh, we're going to collect these in the offering time here uh, during the closing, uh, if you're a visitor, the offering's not for you. The offering's for those that are regular attenders, members. Um, if you're visiting, especially if you uh, are part of another congregation, you know, keep your tithes going where you always put them. Um, but uh, if you're a visitor, first-time visitor, please make sure you pick up a gift on your way out. Think about this just a second. Mark becomes the first one to write the story 
of Jesus. Paul becomes the greatest teacher that the church has ever known outside of Jesus Christ himself. And he's a prolific writer. In fact, over half of the New Testament we can attribute to Paul's writing. And you know who's behind them both? Barnabas. Barnabas encouraging them to be what God created them to be. Barnabas is a huge part of both of their ministries. I want to see a show of hands. Without looking, okay, without looking, how many of you remember Barnabas' real name? Ah. Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let you look up. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. His name is Joseph. In fact, Barnabas is a nickname. It's Aramaic. It's it's Hebrew, Aramaic. Bar, meaning son, and Nabi, which means prophet, or consolation, or encouragement. Literally, Barnabas means the son of encouragement. Now, I think it's fine that you don't necessarily remember right off the top of your head Barnabas' real name because that is a lesson in and of itself. Make your message more important than your name. Make others more important than yourself. People may forget your name, but they will never forget your encouragement. Father God, we thank you for the Barnabases that have been in our life, those that encouraged us because they love you and they loved us and they saw some potential in us even if sometimes that is merely because we are a soul that you created and you love us and they wanted us to know you. But we thank you for Barnabas. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to encourage others in the faith.